Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Coffee. Today is Wednesday, October 9th. I'm Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad man in JAMA from Texas, Carrie Smith. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Carter. <laughs> How'd you sleep? I slept pretty good. How about you? Good. <laughs> uh, Carter has no power. Well, I have power at the moment. Um, so in Calif- so California is very, I want, I want everyone to understand, California is very progressive and advanced technologically. Um, the only caveat is uh, about 2 million of us are going to have no power for a few days because there's some wind. You know, but other than that, the socialists are doing a great job of running the state. So, uh, yeah, we've got, so our, like, mo- like many places, the power here is uh, state-enforced monopoly. So I think there's like three or four different companies in different parts of the state that have power. But the, one of the biggest ones, I guess the biggest one is PG&E, and they cover Northern California. And they, I looked them up today, their market cap is like $6 billion or just less than $6 billion. And according to CNN, I don't believe CNN, but according to CNN, uh, they've paid like $11 billion in insurance claims for, two, for, the, for 2017 wildfires because they were supposedly caused by like downed power lines or something. Um, I don't believe CNN because I don't think they paid more than their market cap, although they are now bankrupt. So who knows? Um, and this year, they agreed to pay another billion dollars for uh, other fires that happened, supposedly related to down power lines. So, um, yeah. So instead of fixing their technology or you know doing anything sane like that, they're just turning off the power because it's a little bit windy. So, uh, if you're if you're wondering what it will be like to have renewable power, uh, renewable resources generating electricity, it will be like this, uh, but worse. Uh, you'll just lose power because like, except it will be you'll lose power because it's not a windy day or it's not sunny enough or whatever. Um, I like that we are. they sent you an email that's like, hey, you're not going to have power for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, they sent me a little text. It says, we may turn off power for 24 to 48 hours, but then the news is saying, and the, and the, Government is like, well, prepare to not have power for seven days. Yeah, okay, that's a that's a first world country thing. I feel <laughs> I was telling my wife who grew up in China. Uh, I feel kind of embarrassed because she married me, and here she is in like America, and <laughs> all her friends in Shenzhen have power. She's like, I don't understand. We have typhoons, and they don't shut down the power. <laughs> Like, what's the problem? Why? What's going on? Like, yeah, sorry, sorry, honey. No power. <laughs> welcome, welcome to America. No, uh, welcome to California. Here for a while. It's funny. <laughs> California thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm dealing with. If we lose power, if I lose power halfway through this conversation, uh, we'll have half a coffee. I guess. If I, assuming I can run to a Starbucks that has power somewhere and download this and post it again. Um, but Carrie, I, I wanted to talk about something that's not about, not about power. Um, you posted this thing. So I, you know, it, I never thought I would say, let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres. First of all, in my life, this is, that's a statement I never uh, expected nor wanted to say. But 
Uh, and I don't have any, actually, I don't have anything against her. I don't know anything about Ellen DeGeneres. I don't pay attention to people like that. But I, there was this thing the other, just to get people up to speed on what happened and why I want to talk about it. So the other day she was photographed at a football game. I think it was Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers. Um, she was photographed at a football game next to W, George W. Bush. Um, he was in the box with her because she was in the owner's box and I guess he was there and they uh, seemed friendly. And of course there was outrage about this. How dare Ellen be friends with George Bush? And so she then said on her show, she felt the need to explain because there was so much outrage. How dare liberal gay Ellen be friends with you know, evil right-wing crazy George W. Bush. Uh, and, and she explained on her show, look, when I say be kind and nice to people, like that's what I mean. And I'm friends with people who disagree with me and I'm friends with the Bushes. And so, you know, be nice to people and be kind and, you know, don't let this, these, you know, political differences basically uh, ruin friendships. And Which, by the way, is is huge. It doesn't seem like if you're a free thinker, it doesn't seem that big. But just know that she's going against the cult. <laughs> just yeah, saying that. Well, so that's the thing. That's that whole story to me. I mean, first of all, I don't understand why anyone would be outraged at who Ellen is friends with in the first place. But whatever. Then she does her ex- explanation. The whole thing seems like it should be dead at that point. As a meme in the public consciousness, but it's not. Um, Then we had articles like this pop out. This is an article on Fast Company. It's not about beliefs, Ellen. Why DeGeneres' weak defense of George W. Bush is a denial of reality. It's a denial of reality, Carrie. She denied reality. Um, And this isn't Sesame Street, Ellen. That's that's such a hyperbolic title. It's the same way they say like a your opinion it is against my very right to exist. <laughs> right. So actually you've just summed up this entire article. It's basically that George Bush, illegal wars and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And he was opposed to same-sex marriage and he's, he's a horrible. It, let's look at this sentence. George W. Bush is a conservative Republican president the way Jeffrey Epstein is a finance guy. Wow. That is a, that's an analogy. That, that's quite an analogy. So this person gets all pissed off um, and there's outrage here. But the reason I want to talk about it is actually because it's, um, I'm a little bit ambivalent, not completely. Obviously I have, I already said what I thought about some of the outrage, right? So, but I'm a little bit ambivalent about this because um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Carrie. So by the way, this is an example of, I haven't worked this out. I don't know what I think. I want to just have the, like a discussion. So um, bear with me if I'm not making a lot of sense or contradictory, because I'm not sure what I think about this. No, well, I'm going to wait to pounce on you and then prove that I'm right. The way that- Right. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> saying it for the audience more than- I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I, know, I know people are used to like, this is the truth and I'm totally right 100%. And there's like, oh, no, I like, we don't always know what we think. So I'm, I'm working this out. And on the one hand- saying, uh, That's not what people should do in a conversation. I know. Well, it will, it'll be bad because I'll say something that will get taken out of context and then replayed and proven that I'm a Nazi or whatever. 
But um, yeah, so I, on the one hand, I, I do think clearly this reaction is hyperbolic about like, oh my God, you know, this isn't Sesame Street, Ellen. He's just like Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, okay, that's insanity and hyperbolic. And it's policing friendships of someone that you don't have a personal relationship. So it's none of your freaking business who Ellen is friends with. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, and, and I don't think that mass outrage is the appropriate response for Ellen being friends with George Bush, even if you think she shouldn't be friends with George Bush, right? Even if you think there's some reason why she shouldn't be friends with George Bush. Uh, I don't know that mass out, like, you know, writing articles in Fast Company about it is, is a healthy, appropriate response anyway. I know that it's not. However, um, and, and I hear Ellen's like, oh, you should be friends with people regardless of their beliefs. However, uh, as someone who thinks about ideas a lot and who thinks that ideas matter an awful lot. So one of the, I've talked about this before, but one of the- Oh, I know why you're having trouble with this. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> one of the problems, one of the problems with, uh, I think one of the reasons, one of the things that enables really bad ideologies like social justice um, to gain traction with ordinary people. So there are people who are, you know, study it and they're bought in philosophically to it. And I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about ordinary people. Um, one of the, one of the methods by which bad philosophy gets integrated and kind of mixed with good philosophy, because you can't live by horribly horrible philosophy all the time. Um, one of the, one of the vectors for that is acceptance of a really, really horrible philosophy of pragmatism, which is this idea that like um, ideas are like principles and values can be kind of balanced with each other. And, you know, well, this is true in this case, but not in that case. And this is a general principle here, but not in these cases. And I'm just going to take ideas from different belief systems and kind of put them together in this sort of yin yang balance. And that is, that's the kind of appropriate way to uh, treat ideas and treat principles. And when you do that, first of all, uh, conflicts in, in, in principles means that your, your model of the world is wrong because there aren't conflicts in reality. So if you have conflicting principles, then those, that's, a, that's a big problem. You're gonna be making decisions and having opinions that some of which are guaranteed to be immoral because they're conflicting. So even if some of them are right, some of them conflict with those. So you're doing something wrong at that point. And it, it opens the door for people to come along and bring up really bad philosophy. Like, you know, the social justice warriors can come along and say things like, well, um, you're, I just saw a, a person, a, a student get told this by her teacher in, I forget what state, you know, whiteness is inherently racist, right? <laughs> Um, well, if you don't really understand the concepts of racism and the concept of individualism and individual rights and, and what it means to have self-ownership and what it means to have moral responsibility and what free will means and how you assign moral responsibility, then you can maybe get sucked into that idea for a little while because you don't recognize that it conflicts with other values that you hold. And you have this pragmatic approach that even if it conflicts with other values, it's somehow practically useful to think that way. And it's not. And so... The reason I'm struggling with this, Carrie, is 
I, I would like to have, I would like to live in a society where we take ideas more seriously. I would not be friends with someone who had deeply different philosophic beliefs. And I, I guess um, I, I would be acquaintances. It doesn't mean I would treat them horribly, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I'll be friendly to them. So maybe that's what she means. She's friendly with George Bush, but I wouldn't be friends with someone who didn't share my values. Just like I wouldn't marry, I wouldn't marry someone who was a Zoroastrian or a Muslim, or I wouldn't even marry Christian. I don't want to you know, offend people on the show, but I'm an atheist. Like I would only marry, I, and I wouldn't marry most atheists because most, athe- most atheists are state theist, socialist, Marxist crazies. So, you know, the people that I would have close relationships with, I need to share values. The reason that Carrie and I are friends, the reason you and I are friends is, yes, we have some differences on the religious front, but we have a lot of shared fundamental values and we work to make those integrated. And we, when we try and find, we kind of agree that, hey, if there's a contradiction here, it should be sorted out and fixed. Um, but if you were a social justice warrior, you and I wouldn't be, if you're still a social justice warrior, we wouldn't be having this show. We wouldn't be friendly with each other. We wouldn't be talking to each other very much. I disagree. Okay, great. So that's why, so this is why I'm having ambivalence. Cause like on the one hand, I want to have a, a world in which we take ideas more seriously and hold people accountable for the consequences of their beliefs. And on the other hand, I don't want to have a world in which we pile on Ellen for sitting in, next to George Bush at a football game. So what are so your you, thoughts? So you're, you're, you're uh, at a place where you don't actually know what you think because your beliefs are, your ideas about it are contradictory. Right, so I'm not making a strong assertion, but I wanna know what you think about this. And you're, you're disagreeing with the-, the Well, we've had this, points I, I, have, di- so. I absolutely disagree with you. And I think it's a beautiful thing that she's friends with George W. And I think we need more of that. And the reason I disagree with you, we've had this discussion before. <clears throat> I'm friends with, I'm still friends with some SJWs. And you and you couldn't understand that. Remember, we went. We had off camera. Oh yeah, a big argument about or a big discussion about uh, <laughs> <laughs> a big discussion about me being friends with um, one of my someone I used to work with who is still like a super SJW and professional SJW. We'll call her. Yes, some yes, professional SJW. But I love this lady, right. and. Uh, we went to lunch and it was a beautiful lunch and we connected on certain things and other things we didn't, but, but, but that love is still there. And it was, it was like, she was trying to understand me a little bit better. And I was trying to understand where she's at a little bit better. And honestly, there are some cracks in her ideology. And so, and so you say you have to have some shared, uh, 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 Values. Foundation, values. I agree. A lot of SJWs, especially the ones with good intent, they think they have shared values with you. Their ideology doesn't actually, but they think they do. That those are the ones who are you like myself, who can who can be pulled away and peeled off. So would you say, um, I guess I'm I guess maybe we're getting to the heart of where I'm struggling here because um on the one hand, I, I see what you're saying and kind of agree that a lot of people have, we can just say even good intentions is a good way to describe this, right? A lot of people have good intentions, right? They are trying to be good. 
they even let's just take SJWs. A lot of them think that they're actually fighting racism, for example, or they're actually fighting sexism. Like they, they actually believe that they're making the world a better place in that way. Um, and they don't see the contradictions. And politically, you could say that about, you know, Marxists. Maybe they actually think that's a better idea, right? So I, I do agree that there can be a line, a distinction drawn between people who know what they're doing is evil and have ill intentions and people who don't have or have good intentions but don't get it. I guess the the thing I'm wondering is how much should intentions matter because the consequence, like. You, you, you keep doing this. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I haven't solved this. In so. some ways, in some ways, you were like an SJW. In, in, in that, I'm not saying that to. No, no. I agree. I saw this, and I was like, in some ways, I get what this SJW is saying, which is I'm I'm admitting that, which is why I want to have this discussion. Which is they are so, they are totalitarians. It's like you're with me, or you're I'm writing you off. That's kind of what you are. In some ways, you're like either you are with the individual, and you're fully where I'm at. Or, love. I've said this before and I'm, I'm ripping off. I don't know who said this originally, but <laughs> Michael Bernard Beckwith said it before. Love is meeting someone where they're at, but treating them like they were where you think they should be. So it's like, does that make sense? It's, it's like y- yeah. you, you are focusing so much on, um, well, even if they have good intent, they're, they're still going to be, they're still part of an evil ideology. Yes, they are still part of an evil ideology, but, but you can't just like throw them out and, and, in my opinion, those people can be, can be, they're still people, they're still wrapped up. And if you, you, that's like throwing me out. I mean, I was, well, no, I'm not. So I'm not suggesting that there's a, there is a difference between me and the social justice warriors here. I'm not suggesting that you attack those people or uh, treat them poorly or like, I'm not suggesting that you are uncivil to them or not okay. treat them like human beings. I'm I know, you're, you're not like that. You're not like SJWs in that regard. I totally agree. I'm just saying that like maybe, so I, maybe it's best to like pick an, uh, an exaggerated example, right? So if someone with good intentions is physically hurting you, right? The intentions are not relevant. It's their behavior that's relevant. You might understand, you might even choose to have empathy for them and understand like, oh, this is why you're doing this. This is why you think hurting me is a good idea for some reason in this way. But their intentions are less important just from a selfish, like, so if you look at this from like, I want to convince the world, then you should be friends with them because you need to be friends with them and close to them in order to, to quote, save them, to convince them. But if you look at this from a more selfish, like self-preservation perspective, why would you spend time with people who are actively? Because from a self-preservation perspective, you need people around you who disagree with you to keep you from becoming a monster. Um, And to keep you from becoming a hypocrite, to keep you from becoming someone who's like, I know good from wrong, to keep you from becoming like an SJW who's just like, I know everything that's right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree that you need people that disagree with you in, in your close life for that. I think you need people who will challenge, who are we willing to disagree with you and challenge your ideas. And you need to read and be, have, be exposed to alternate ideas, right? I, I read Think Progress and Huffington Post crap. And like we read a bunch of advice, 
And sometimes, and I read this article in Fast Company, like I'll read the arguments. And sometimes in this example, I didn't just look at it and go, he's on the other side, screw him. I, I looked, I went, well, wait, do I kind of agree with part of him? Like I need to analyze this, right? So I, I think you need exposure to other ideas. I don't know that you need friends with vastly different. I ideas. think you do. I think you need friends with very different opinions. And I'm grateful for my friends with those very different opinions. And I would propose that you track down the SJW who wrote this and become good friends with him because at least you guys agree on a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, and this might be, look, maybe this is TMI in a, in a personal thing. I have wasted so much time and energy in my life with toxic people in my life. Um, and if I'm, I, I don't, the value to me personally of being friends with someone who's actively working to destroy Western civilization is just, I don't, I don't want it. I'm not a small talk kind of person. So like if I sat down with your friend, like if you and if I were you and I sat down <laughs> with your friend, there would be, like, be nothing else to connect on. Like if, if I don't want to. If you came to a picnic at my house, I'd be like, yeah, you know, how's the potato salad? And you'd be like, you're trying to destroy Western civilization. <laughs> kind of. Right. Like, and maybe that's my own problem. I, like, fine. But like, I don't, I'm not a small talk person. So I don't want, I don't talk about sports. I don't like talking about weather. I hate gossip. Like none of that stuff. It's all irrelevant to me. I just don't care. So if someone <laughs> like that is, is like, even if we agree, like, Oh, did you watch the latest whatever show of something? And even if I, if the I, voice. Did, and I don't know, like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Carter, but can't you find, okay, so this book, I, I pulled this book out because this is what we're talking about. It's this book I've talked about before. It's uh, Love Your Enemies by Arthur Brooks. Um, and <laughs> he talks about how you, and I've mentioned this before, you can have a very different what, but you can have a common why, and we, we often forget that. And so there are SJWs with whom you have a common why, at least as far as they are concerned. A lot of times they're... Sure. They don't know what their ideology is really about. Some of them really don't. They really truly believe it's about ending racism or ending sexism. They've bought into it, right? And so if you were to ask like this particular friend of mine, the one I went to lunch with, if you were to ask her, she and I have some very common whys. And so that's why we're friends. It, she, but what she, do you get out of the friendship? I, I love her. I like her as a person. Like, She's there what to like someone as a person who's implementing evil. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm okay. being sincere. No. I'm not trying to pick on you. She doesn't wake up in the morning and say, <clears throat> let me implement some evil guys. Like she's like, she wakes up in the morning and believes her purpose is to do good and to end racism and sexism. Now I think that you and I, our purpose is to, um, it's a part of it, one little part of it is to end isms or, you know, the same. The we same wake thing. up similarly is what you're saying. With we, we wake up in a similar fashion. And so I can relate to her the same way I can relate to you because she, we have shared values. Now, do I think that her ideology is super flawed? And do I think her ideology has her actually working as an agent of, of racism and sexism? Yes. And that's incredibly sad to me, but I don't reach her by writing her off and being like, Hey, you're an agent of evil. 
Sure, I agree. So hold on, I want to I want to clarify because you and I, I think, also often uh, often talk over like talk past each other because of this point. I agree. You can't reach her if you're not meeting her where she is. I'm not arguing that. I don't want to like. I'm not caring about reaching her. That's not my goal, right? So um, I'm not trying to reach her. I don't care. Um, I'm trying okay. to talk to people generally, but not her specifically. Um, let me let me come up with an analogy. So let's say I just this is a thought experiment. Let's say um, we're we're building a bridge, and uh, and you've I've got my my friend. I'll, I'll have an SJW friend like you. I got my friend sitting next to me, and it's the olden days. So we're at like a little we're in a tent at a camp by the edge of a a gorge, and we're building a wooden bridge over the gorge. And we wake up every morning and we make eggs and bacon together on the fire and talk about how we really want to build the bridge. And we both agree there needs to be a bridge. And I go cut down some wood and start hammering pieces of the bridge together. And my SJW friend, uh, same intention, uh, sets it on fire because that's what they think will be the best way to build the bridge is to set it on fire. Um, And every day I wake up. And I'm like, hey, let's build a bridge. Yes, yeah, we're building, we're both, you build the bridge, great. Okay, I'm hammering some stuff and bam, gasoline matches come, bridge gets burned down. I don't know that that friendship is valuable to me. You, this is not a good analogy. Okay, why? why? Because (laughs) this involves something physical that you can see that this person would have to be like completely stupid not to realize they're burning the bridge down. I think so, so, so- tangible it's not like she can look at what she it's not like it's not like her ideology is a physical bridge that she's setting on fire that that's fair so let's let's modify the analogy then Uh, (laughs) i'm building a more complex bridge it requires math that i can do and they can't they don't know that they can't do math um because it's kind of (laughs) complex and they're adding pieces to the bridge and helping me build it but they're doing it all wrong and so the bridge is getting weaker and well, I know it will fail and I have to go back and correct their work constantly. But I can't, as much as I try and explain math to them, they're just, they don't, they're not going to get the math. Let me ask you a question. What if this person who doesn't understand the math is your child? Um, that's a really good question. I would argue that as a, and you know, I am a parent. Um, I would argue that as, cause I, and I've contemplated the likely possibility that my child will grow up at some point and you know, may go through a social justice phase, may stay being a social justice warrior. I mean, I hope not. I think I've inoculated her, but I could be wrong, right? And I'll still be there for her and love her. Yes, I will. But to use your own questions, why? What do you get out of it? Well, I think the, I, I think the parent-child relationship is slightly different. First of all, um, I... I view her as my responsibility. So cutting ties, like abandoning her as a project. So I would remain friends even with a friend who I somehow viewed it was my responsibility or I thought there was like super value. This person definitely needs to be turned. Like if it was, if it was someone that I thought had the ability to cure cancer and they just needed to be pointed in the right direction and converted in like, you know, like deprogrammed and they would go off and cure cancer and it was that valuable then then I would probably deal with the personal discomfort um, and do it anyway. I'm coming from a perspective, though, of uh, I, 
at this point in my life, I have, I operate under a, I'm very protective of my time. I don't, I have a family. I, I work my ass off. I've got lots of other stuff going on. I have, you know, I, I spent a long time investing and advising companies. I, I get, I used to get hundreds of requests a day for my time. Can I just take you out to coffee? Can we meet? Can I, I want advice about this. And I don't, it's not as much anymore, but still I, there's so many people that want my time that I need to be very strict with how much time I spend. And so if I contemplate going to a dinner date with someone or going to coffee with someone or hanging out with someone, that needs to provide me value in my life. It needs to make me happier and better or better, at least if not happier, I need to be a better person for that. And if it's not, if it's a waste of my time, if we're going to go talk about television shows and recipes, I'm not in, I'm not interested. I'm too busy with people that I actually love and care about and things I actually love and care about in my life. So to me, it's not, I don't want to talk to you because you're a social justice warrior. It's, I just don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my time. But you're assuming, here's the problem with that, I think. It's it's yours. Like an SJW, you're assuming you know all outcomes and you're assuming that you're not going to learn anything from that person. You may go there thinking, oh, what a crap. I've been to things before. I'm like, oh, what a waste of time. What a crap place to be at. And then I meet someone and we have a really great conversation and I learn something or it makes me think about something in a different way, even if I disagree with them. And sometimes, especially if I disagree with them, it helps. Absolutely. I'm not denying that that can happen, but um, I mean, that argument can be taken to a ridiculous extension where like go talk to crazy people on the street of san francisco no because they might say something that's like sure (laughs) it might happen but like the odds are it won't i have extremely intelligent friends who can play devil's advocate and some of them actually do disagree on certain points and i have i have some disagreements with with people that are in my life but some of my friends are brilliant i mean like i they're some of the smartest people i've even heard of i mean it's, and so like having conversations with them and, and sometimes I, I do have, I do have a few acquaintances who disagree with, disagree with me, but they're acquaintances because there's some other project that we're working on that is a shared goal, like a bridge. And they're very good at actually building the bridge. And so uh, philosophy and politics aren't necessarily things that would come up because there is something important to me that we're talking about. Um, and when it does come up, sometimes I learn something from them or we, we spar but I, I intentionally expose myself to alternate ideas, but I don't do it, I do it through media, right? I do it through reading and, and listening to people who, I mean, I just listened, yesterday we spent an hour and a half listening to a social justice warrior lecture about something, right? So I, like, it's not that I don't expose myself, it's that I don't wanna like have personal relationships. I don't wanna be invested emotionally in someone that is really just burning the bridge. Yeah, but that's why I asked the question about what if it was your child because you are invested emotionally, and so right. I was hoping so, that so could I would help you. I would spend time with her because would spend time with her. So that's that. I was asking that for a reason because I'm emotionally invested in my friend. Not the same. She's not my child, but I use that as an example. I'm emotionally invested in her. I want good things to happen for her. I know she has good intention. She has a radically different ideological lens, like the glasses that she looks at the world through, they're, they're, I think they're flawed. And I think that she's seeing things in the wrong way. And I think that that makes her an agent of this, you know, evil that we talk about. She's, she's, she thinks she's working to end racism and sexism, but she's actually working to further it. But she's not waking up in the morning 
thinking that's what she's doing. No, I, I know that. Like, I get that. Um, and I would say with a child, the emotional investment is twofold. One is it's much deeper than you can have with an adult. I mean, you change their diapers and like the, the, the your emotional investment in a child is enormous. You don't know what this friend and I have done. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the kinky episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a, a, your emotional investment child, but B, uh, I, I take some responsibility, right? I feel like it's my obligation. Like I can't abandon her. I'm, I'm responsible for her life. So I'm also, so it makes me, it's a burden in the sense of like, if she turns out to be a social justice warrior, well, that's my, my job is to not cut that off. Even though other people, I'll be like, uh, you know, it's not worth my time. I can't say that because she's my responsibility. So I would have been responsible for putting a social justice warrior into the world. So like, that's not okay. So I, I need to, I need to help convert her or whatever. Now, I don't I hate the word convert, deconvert. I need to help, you know, deprogram her and, and get her out of the cult because I don't want to have contributed a cult member to, to the world and it's bad for her. And, and, and I am emotionally invested and in, on a deep level. And, and I guess I could see if like, if there was a best friend that had been a best friend for years, like I, I, I know, so I know your relationship with this person, I, we won't go into it, but like, I know your relationship with this person is years old. You knew her from when you agreed ideologically. So when you, I uh, agreed with her, yes. I yeah, you got a long me. emotional investment. Yes. I used to believe everything she believes. Right. And we used to work together and, and work towards some of the same Go, I still think we're working. That's why, again, I still think we have a shared why. It's just that I realized, hey, our shared goals, uh, this ideology is not going to take us there. It's going to take us right around. So I got off that train. Right. And, and right. I imagine, I'm just projecting, but I imagine that you also feel somewhat like, uh, somewhat like the guy, I'm trying to use a good analogy, um, like a cult member who got out and now you're like, oh, crap. I have friends in there. I need to go like. Oh, yes. I, I have friends in the I cult. need to go help them. They don't. Oh, my God. I, right? I, I don't necessarily view it that way. I don't, I don't make active entreaties to, you know, my friends who are still SJWs. I don't actively try and pull them out. I just do what I do. And Right. But I assume that part of, I know you don't actively do it, but it isn't in the back of your mind. Aren't you hoping that they see your I'm, I'm hoping they or any person in the cult sees what we talk about and it helps wake them up a little bit. And um, I was saying this with one of our new followers. This is something I think about a lot. Um, she was saying it felt like waking up to her. And I'm like, yes, it, it does feel like waking up when you start to get out of that cult or yeah. any cult, I'm sure. It's uh, woke. We've talked about this before. Woke is past tense. Woke is like, I know everything already and there's nothing left to learn. And it's done. It's finished. It's, and that's what SJWs are like. They're like, we know everything. And <laughs> like, this right. is the, these are my tenants and I'm just going to spit them out. And I don't actually engage in thought because you know, I'm woke. Everything's done. Woke is over. Awakening is continuing. Right. Awakening and waking up. That's a present tense thing. You're continuing to, it, it's, you're evolving. You're continually right. learning. There are lots of things you don't know and you're aware of that you don't know these things. And so <clears throat> Yes. Anyway, I guess my point was that with that was that I hope any friends still in my life. Yeah, I hope they look at what I'm doing and they are maybe something sticks with them or even people who are not my friends who are in the SJW world. I hope they look at what we're doing and are 
one little crack in their ideology is a great thing. Yeah. Um, look, can I just read this real quick? So this book I mentioned, Love Your Enemies, I highly recommend it to people. I think he gets some things wrong. We mentioned this before. He doesn't actually understand the cultural war we're in right now. He doesn't understand how prevalent my old ideology is, and he doesn't really understand how it is um, the enemy of a lot of the stuff he thinks that we all have in common. Yep. It doesn't, SJW ideology is not about talking with people who disagree with you. That's why, that's why these SJW friends of mine, the ones who still want to hang out, I'm like, it is a beautiful thing because even by hanging out with me, they're doing what Ellen is doing. I see. They're, they're already indicating that they're having second thoughts because they're oh, hanging out with you. Well, not, not that, but they're being seditious. You're, yeah. not supposed, you're not supposed to talk to me. <laughs> if you're in the cult, <laughs> I'm an apostate, guys. <laughs> but, and I respect that and I admire that. And, um, so anyway, he's got this chapter called Please Disagree With Me. And he talks about Aristotle and Aristotle talking about the three different types of friends and how the third one is called the perfect. The third one is like the perfect friendship. And that's someone with whom you share. Here he says, um, hold on. The highest form of friendship, the perfect friendship in Aristotle's telling is one based on willing the good of the other and a shared sense of what is virtuous and true. Well, that goes along with what you're saying and with what I'm saying. My SJW friend and I, we have a shared sense of what is virtuous and true. It's just that her ideology has her working against that. But we have a shared sense of what is virtuous and true. That's why we're still friends. And so he gives an example of uh, Cornell West, who is on the left, of course, yep. and his very good friend, uh, Robbie George, who's another, they both uh, are professors at Princeton, and Robbie George, who's on the right, and how these guys like completely conflict on ideology and um, they're at odds on almost everything, except they have an underlying sense of what is true and what is important. And they speak of each other with such love and with such gratefulness that they have one another to, to disagree with. So that they, um, it's like a, what is it? Like uh, iron sharpening iron. Like you need someone around. I think that's the Bible verse, iron sharpening iron. Isn't that right? Right. You need someone around who's going to help you. First of all, keep you in check. So you don't just become in an ideological bubble. Right. You know, and, and you don't become the monster you're fighting. And then, and then also someone who disagrees with you. I know you say you get it from other sources and you don't need a friend who does this, but I'm happy that I have friends who do it because, because they do it with love and I do it with love with them. You know, we disagree and I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with some of these friends in a kind of a playful, loving way. And they know that they're safe with me and I'm safe with them to have like these big disagreements and they're safe being seditious with me, <laughs> you know, but it helps me sharpen my opinions. That's why I, yeah, I, I, I do argue think, with SJWs. It helps me sharpen my arguments. I do think talking to the other side helps sharpen arguments and opinions. Absolutely. Like I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, I guess I'm just drawing a distinction between friends. I mean, I like, I, I take Aristotle though in a different sense than what he's, when he says that, um, so when you, when you use words like, we'll just use the word love, even though I'm not, not everyone uses the word love to mean friendships, but whatever, there's different levels of love. So um, what, to me, what you love about someone is, is their virtues, right? It's the things, it's their, 
that's you don't you don't love I mean if you love flaws about someone I, I don't think that's actually a very that's more of an indictment of your psychology right you, you love you love what's virtuous about other people um, yes and I, I my friend I think she had her virtue is that she think we she thinks we have a shared uh, goal that's what I'm well, saying but 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 not really. I so this is my this is where I'm breaking from this in in certain circumstances. Like, you could both say you're against racism, right? So you have that shared goal. Let's just use racism as an example because we right about it recently. And and she and I do have that shared goal. Right. And in her mind, she's working I, towards ending it. Right. But I would argue, and I don't. I might be wrong about this, friend. So you can correct me. But I'm just imagining a social justice warrior here. <laughs> I. I I would argue that you that shared goal isn't actually a shared goal. You share some sounds and syllables called we don't want racism. You share an opposition to the syllables, the sounds of the word racism. But her definition, what she means by racism, when she says I don't like racism, that's not the same thing that you mean when you say you don't like racism. So you're just using two different languages and pretending that you have a shared goal when in fact no, you just no. have the same no. label for two different things. No, I totally disagree, Carter. We, she thinks we are, when she thinks of racism, she thinks of it like you and I do. She does, she's not thinking of something different. There's she doesn't co- think prejudice plus power? No, there's cognitive dissonance there. That's the whole prejudice plus power thing. When you get down to the heart of it, the people who preach that, they don't really believe that. Like they know that racism is racism deep down, but they've been programmed to say, oh, but this type of racism does not exist. Like, <laughs> and this is, they, they, if you, that, that's why, that's why it's hard to have conversations with them because they get, um, they get really emotional. If you, if you push this whole thing about the definition of racism, for example, they get emotional and they get really wound up and they, uh, it, they get triggered because that of cognitive dissonance. It's like, think of a brain that's been, they, that a brain that knows something, but then also has been hot wired in this other way. Right. No, I, 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 cognitive dissonance. I, I just, but um, if you ask her what racism is, she'll, she'll, she'll write that down. She'll, she'll probably say prejudice plus power and blah, 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 blah. But on another level, she thinks that she thinks of it as the same way that I do. How is like, it the same? Cause it, cause when I think of racism, to, to me, even to, to call someone racist or to say something someone did was racist, um, it's, a, it's a moral judgment based on the concept that you have free will and you're responsible for the choices you make and you're not responsible for the choices that you don't make. So you're so, not responsible for your groups you belong to that are immutable. You are responsible. And so it's this idea that you treat people uh, based on, we can MLK this, right? based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin or other immutable traits. So how you, is, how is that the same as you thinking? Even as you're doing right, you are, you are a conscious person, you're awake and you are, you are talking about someone to go back to what we we're talking about before. You were talking about someone who's not awake and you're saying, but why aren't they awake? Her brain is not working the way that yours. And they don't, I was one of these, I was an issue. You're not thinking when you're an SJW. You're not turned on. Your light is not turned on. Your brain is not working in the same way. You're not thinking. 
and you're trying to hold an, a person who's a, in some ways a zombie to the same standards of like, well, why don't you just run it through your, uh, <laughs> your uh, intellectual uh, consistency machine and make sure that you're being consistent? Well, they don't run that machine. So then I guess, so, <laughs> so then I guess, I guess we, maybe we're just going to come first full circle because my answer to that would be, I don't want to be friends with zombies. Well, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, so like, if you don't, you, what makes you valuable is your thinking machine. If you're not using it, I don't, that's not an interesting friendship to me. No. Oh my gosh, Carter. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to get anywhere today. And we, and yeah, don't, I don't know that we will. I, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. Cause I told you at the beginning, I'm ambivalent about this a little bit. So I'm, I'm not totally sure. I'm, I'm arguing the side that I know you don't like so that we can have a, an argument, but I am ambivalent about it. Uh, what about, what's that movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter becomes a zombie? What if your daughter became a zombie? <laughs> that will, to go back to making it personal. Well, again, I, I, again, I feel responsible for my daughter. Um, so, it, you know, I would deal with, I put up with my daughter. So look, I put up with stuff from my daughter that there's no way in hell I would put up with from adults. Like, and I always will. Right. I'm partly because that's what I signed up for when I had a kid. I, I was like, okay, I'm responsible for this human and how this human turns out not to deny her free will, but I, I'm going to be there doing my best. And that's what I've signed up for. So I have a couple of observations about you Yeah, <laughs> and about, and about me. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know your big five, but I would say that you're, I'm probably much higher on neuroticism than you are. Yeah. But you think so? <laughs> well, I actually took Jordan's big five personality test years ago before he but, was. Yeah. I know. Okay. But, but this is the, this is how that doesn't really relate. I'm just saying that. Right. So that okay. softens the next part in case you care. Okay. I think I'm also high, much higher on openness than you are. Um, maybe, although based on, I can actually, so uh, I don't know my big five personality results, but my wife does uh, because she, when I, I met her before we were married, I met her and her role was to review my test results and other people's test results. So <laughs> she, I did not know that. <laughs> she knows the answer to that question. And she still married you? <laughs> yeah. And the reason, the only reason I would push back on the openness is, I mean, maybe, maybe I, I have considered a lot of different ideas. I've just settled on some like, and, and I am, I am having this, you know, I am considering this. Um, I also have been an entrepreneur my entire life, which is generally super high openness. Right. Um, and and right. I have a, I have a, an entrepreneurial bug, but who knows, maybe I'm low openness. I don't know. Well, relative to me, I think. You're maybe you're low. 100% open. I, I mean, know. first of all, I joined a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Maybe, maybe you're right, Carrie. Maybe, uh, maybe, you, and, maybe you have too much openness. And I just joined three pyramid schemes, so. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> uh, I take all that back. I would like to have slightly higher openness than you, babe. <laughs> so, I have less openness than the three pyramid schemes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hey, power lasted. We didn't solve anything, but I hope this was an interesting discussion for people because it's something that I'm struggling with, and I'd love to hear people's comments what you guys think about this. Um, but it is an issue that, I don't know, I just don't know where I stand on it. And I, I love that Carrie can talk to me about it and uh, disagrees and can make good arguments about it. So, um, but our power, my power lasted. So 
yay, we have a whole episode. Who the hell knows what we're going to do tomorrow uh, with power? Because I don't think we'll have power tomorrow. I'll have to figure out some way to remotely do deprogrammed. I think you need to redistribute some of that power, white man. <laughs> Apparently I am. Uh, I'm being forced to re- redistribute my... There was a guy... <laughs> there was a guy on Twitter who... I, I am at like, sometimes people are amazingly bitter to me. He was like, you morons who built your homes near places where there could be forest fires are the problem. You deserve no power. And I'm like, I don't, first of all, that's not how power grids work. Uh, they shut off the whole grid and it affects people who aren't necessarily near fire zones. Second of all, <laughs> this house has been here from the sixties, never burned down. I don't think this is a problem about where people built. Like the entire Bay Area is shut down. Sometimes people are just so oddly angry at other people and like really want to be mean. And I know that's a trite thing to say about Twitter. I'm just still surprised sometimes how random strangers can be like, screw all you people. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's a... It's very dark. Mom. It's very dark. Hey, I want to end with one thing that about friends. Uh-oh, and okay. I, I, okay. Because I am the one arguing, look, I'm friends with, I am friends with some like good friends, I think with some SJWs still. Um, don't let that friendship though, cause you to uh, uh, sacrifice your, your, your beliefs or your opinions. Don't pull your punches. Don't be like, well, I'm friends with this person. Therefore I'm going to excuse their beliefs. No, mm-hmm. I don't do so that. Show up a hundred percent as you. Show up a hundred percent as you don't pretend and I'm saying this because I know, especially women, not always, but women on average, I think, are more often likely to be pleasers and uh, shapeshift sometimes. around. Don't shapeshift with your friend because that's not doing them any favors. Like just, I- I, also, I it's dishonest I try, it's, it's inauthentic. Yeah, it's dishonest and inauthentic. And um, I try and separate the person from their beliefs. I don't always succeed at doing that. Sometimes I lump them in with their ideology like we all do. But most of the time I try and um, acknowledge like this is a person, but their beliefs are evil, I think, or their beliefs are wrong, flawed, whatever word you want to use. Um, But, but they're not, they're just possessed by this thing that I think is really wrong. I'm possessed by individualism. They're possessed by collectivism. Right. And so if you can address that thing, even we've mentioned this before, there's an SJW. I still follow Jay smooth ill doctrine on YouTube. He doesn't make as many, he doesn't make videos really anymore, but he has an old video. Um, and again, he's an SJW and he has a video about like how to tell someone that some, something they're saying is racist without calling them a racist. And, and he makes a very good point. People get really defensive. Don't make it about them as a person. Don't make it about their intent. That's what they do. They come in, they call you names, SJWs say, Oh, you're this, you're that you're blah, blah, blah. Don't say that about them if you can help it. Say your belief system is this way, your ideology is this way. And that way you can stay true and still be a good friend to them and not insult them as a person, but you can be head on with their, don't pull your punches about that ideology because that ideology is evil. Yeah, I I think that's great. And it's reminding me of one other thing now you're making me want to say, because we said this a while ago, but we've got a lot of new subscribers since a couple months ago when I think I last said this. when you uh, marry yourself to the conclusions that you have, your your beliefs, um, then you you often tend to conflate uh, an ideology or those belief systems with your 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 person, like with who you are, with your, your identity, identity. Yeah. right? 
And that means when someone attacks those things, you feel personally attacked, like your identity is attacked. Um, and my method is I, as, as strongly as I hold a lot of opinions, and I do hold a lot of opinions very strongly and argue vociferously. However, what I strive to be married to is the process, it's, it's reason. I'm married to the epistemology. I'm married to like reason, evidence, the, that's what I'm going to use. I'm gonna use reason and evidence. That's, my, that's what I'm clinging to. So if, if I stay married to that and that's part of my identity, then um, having to change my mind because someone out argued me or showed me evidence that made me change a conclusion doesn't require changing my identity. It doesn't, re it's not a threat to my identity. Like if Carrie convinces me in this conversation that I should be friends with her or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt my identity. It's a, it's a, it will be a result. It's actually me sticking to my identity, which is I'm using reason. And that means I'm drawing conclusions to the best of my ability using reason. And so sometimes new information comes along and you change your mind about stuff. I think that's much healthier than marrying the conclusions. And we live generally in a culture that marries, you marry conclusions and that's how you get tribalism. Right. That's a great point. And um, <clears throat> one last thing. I know you're adding little things. I now. love that we have eight last things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. But one, but one last thing about the whole, you have to be willing to lose your friends you just have to be willing to lose them. You have to stay true to what you believe. And, and like Carter said, recognize that what you believe are just beliefs and those things are capable of being changed. And, you know, if, if presented with reason and evidence to change them, you will do that. But the point is like, don't, again, don't be a pleaser in that. Like, Oh, I want to stay friends with this SJW. Therefore I'm going to let that desire manipulate and pull me towards. No, like the, the ones that I'm still friends with, it's a small percentage of the ones I used to be for almost all my SJW friends unfriended me and that's okay. And you have to be willing to lose friends because you're standing for truth. You're going to make much better friends. And, and by the way, and the ones who stick around the SJWs who stick around, those are interesting people. I'm glad they stuck around. I want to know why they did. I want to know why they're happy to have seditious lunches with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're happy. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I've heard you say this before. You're happier having, lost those friends and stuff. Oh, your, absolutely. Your, absolutely. I, I finally watched all of Sockmentician's video and I felt so sorry for him talking, him talking about some of the friends who backstabbed him and betrayed him, his personal yes. assistant. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. But at the same time, aren't you so glad that you found out who the, what those people are, that they're not real friends. You burnt the dead wood off, dude. In a way, like that is a blessing. The, de the dead wood has been burned and now new growth can happen. Now green things can start growing. Now you can make um, lasting friendships with people who actually are friends and not friends. Well, you've said before, <laughs> Carrie, SJWs don't have friends. They have allies. Yes. And noticed that as soon as you stopped being an SJW, very oh, yes. few were friends. Yeah. They don't have friends. They have allies. And the minute you don't have a shared ideology, almost all of them, with a few exceptions, almost all of them are going to be like, see, I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you for uh, indulging me in this discussion. Um, 
thanks everyone for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Uh, you can support us tomorrow. Okay. Oh. So I'm so happy because it fi it's finally starting to look like fall here. It's like overcast and starting to like in Texas, it feels like summer, even in October, it's like, you know, hundred degrees, but yesterday and today it's like, Oh my gosh, it looks like fall. And, um, and October is my favorite month for several reasons. But one, tomorrow is my birthday. And I hope you guys will come <laughs> to uh, celebrate on Deprogrammed with us. Mike, my good friend, Mike Harlow is going to be our guest. And maybe I'm asking Gracie if she can come too. We'll see. It's 11 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Just uh, to be clear, because sometimes it's at 10. Sometimes we swap. So tomorrow's 11. Um, who knows? I may be calling from an iPhone in a car. I don't know how I'll be on, but I'll be there. <laughs> you need to give up some of that power quarter. <laughs> uh, you know, my white, my white privilege card isn't going to work to keep on the electricity. I'm very upset about that. You should call the power company and say, but dude, I'm a, I'm a white I'm a, male. I'm a straight white male, guys. <laughs> I thought we were in charge. I thought we uh -huh. had all the power. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks again, everyone. Please don't, for, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and you can go to unsafespace.com to support the show with Bitcoin, or it'll also link you to our subscribe star where you can support there so that um, we can keep the lights on most of the time.